When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. Let's get this shit over with. I'm joined by Jay Tomlins. Jay, stupid question. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I think uh, yesterday I was obviously fuming. Uh, I've had some time to get over it. I'm happy we're not doing this pod like right after the game. Uh, but I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've got a cup of tea and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to talk a bit of football. Yeah, exactly. I know doing this sort of fresh in the morning is is quite nice you know sleeping is nice you kind of just get it forget about everything for a while so um we're gonna say as I always do guess I get themselves I get them to give themselves a plug so Jay tell people where they can find you your stuff and all the uh retro fitty kit stuff as well oh thanks for having me on again mate it's been a, a hot minute I'm excited to do it um yeah you can find me my Chelsea content on Jay Tomlin's football channel on YouTube I'm, I've been doing a lot more Chelsea specific content recently which I'm really happy with and that's you know that channel's growing now, so if you you know you obviously love Chelsea, you're listening to this, go check that out. But I also do some work for Retro Football Kits. That's my main job, so I have a YouTube channel for that as well. If you just type in Retro Football Kits, you'll see my face. Uh, my face is literally everywhere nowadays. Yeah, the links will be in the description below. Make sure you check. Yeah, right, we've got two games to get through this week. Let's start with Borussia Dortmund, which was Wednesday. Uh, Jay, a 1-0 defeat but actually probably quite a lot to be fairly happy about, aside from the same old issues in front of goal. But, you know, it was actually a fairly good force. Just what were your thoughts on that Borussia Dortmund game? Yeah, I came away from that one happy, I think. Obviously annoyed and frustrated, but I think those feelings are synonymous with Chelsea at the minute. <laughs> that just kind of happens. But now I come away with optimism, you know, like the, the form we've been on has been atrocious, but it's when you see signs of improvement and you can kind of get on board. And with that Dorman game, like 
yeah, we were we were great. We deserved the win. I think even if you go back to West Ham, like West Ham and Dortmund, I feel like we deserved the win in both of those games. So even though we didn't, and that's annoying, I'm I still came away with a sense of like, okay, things are going in the right direction. So yeah, this game, you know, I was quite happy. We were dominant. We Joe Felix looked electric, um, which was fun to watch. Like he really is. He's fun to watch, and I feel like it's been a minute since we've had a player like that. You know, it's been very, you know, very systematic since maybe even Hazard left. Um, you know, like not many players just really light up the football pitch like he does. So that was fun. Uh, we we created a good amount of chances. It had me on the edge of my seat. I was overall pretty happy with that game. I think we got quite unlucky, uh, to be honest, with the goal. Like a counter attack can happen. We wasn't particularly ready for it, I guess, which could be annoying. But yeah, I was. I came away from that one. Okay. Um, but obviously that leads into the next one nastily, but we'll get onto that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I couldn't really fault that Dortmund performance much. I was not angry. I watched what I watched. It was obviously frustrating seeing us miss chances, but that's nothing new. Uh, you'd obviously hope, and some of those chances have to be put away. There's no excusing some of those misses. But it happened, but I genuinely, you know, was fairly happy after on the previous pod, anyone listening will know how much I banged on about that first 20 minutes against West Ham and, you know, how good I thought it was. And I said, the next thing is to try and carry that on. And we did that. We saw that what we saw against West Ham for a more sustained period of time again, you know, the first 20 minutes against West Ham, we saw for a more sustained period of time in that game against Borussia Dortmund. That was actually really, you know, good. We had him on the back foot a lot in that game, particularly in the second half. We I thought we really did have him on the back foot. In that first half, I think it sort of ebbed and flowed a bit. In that second half, it was pretty much all us. And yeah, I couldn't really be too too mad. I couldn't really point blame at, at the manager for anything really in that game. I thought it was just one of those games where if it had happened under a different manager and the results preceding him were different, I don't think anyone would really be having a go, would even really think of putting any blame at him for for that game, it's just kind of where it is. Look, the goal, fair enough. I think there's some criticism, you know, leaving Enzo back, you know, not not necessarily the quickest. I think Mudrick is also left back a bit and then Mudrick kind of gets distracted or loses his man, doesn't track or whatever. You can maybe question, could we have left someone else there instead of Enzo? Enzo is not really at fault for the goal. He kind of does his best. He kind of just forces it out as long as possible. Where Adi Amy's just got the composure. Fair enough, maybe some criticism there for for that sort of, how we lined up at that set piece and to get done on that set piece was annoying, but I genuinely couldn't fault couldn't fault Potter for that for that at all. Um, well, which you know, I know what, mate? I think yeah. with that game, uh, everyone I spoke to who's not a Chelsea fan went, "Not a bad result." That like a lot of people were like, you know, you take that result home, you, you know, you can do some at the bridge. Like a lot of people I spoke to that aren't Chelsea fans saw that game and was like, "Yeah, well, fair play." Like Dortmund are a great side. You played well and you got a lucky like. That's okay to be in the first leg, but obviously because of the state we're in, it feels so much bigger and more toxic, doesn't it? Yeah, and look, to be fair, I don't think that Dortmund side were that great. I wasn't hugely impressed with what I watched from Borussia Dortmund and them being, was it six wins in six or this candy or whatever. Prior to that, you know, that didn't really, I kind of looked around and go, okay, well, yeah, that's Bundesliga and my kind of <laughs> assumptions have kind of come true because I did. I really was not that impressed with Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Um, but look, credit to them, they, they, they put away... A chance, but as I said, I you know, I know when we get on to this later and we talk about Southampton, there's going to be no defending that performance. But I could not freely put any blame on 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 the gaffer for for that one. It's just unfortunate because, as I said, that was I was pleased with what I saw, and that was you know, I thought another good performance. Just a shame we we didn't get the get the result we deserved. Um, so yeah, I had no issues with 
with with Potter really around that game. It's just just unfortunately one of those one of those games. As said, Jao Felix should score one of those really two good chances. And I mean, Koulibaly shot. There's like you know, it's a matter of inches, uh, you know, from back going over the line as well. And it's just one of those things. And I know I can't talk about on pod last week as well, but fine margins, exact. Are just not, we're just not going our way. And that just kind of sucks because said, as you mentioned, I mentioned, I think, you know, West Ham, despite being fairly even, if VAR does its job, gives us a penalty, that would have been a win. You know, against Fulham, there were three really good chances missed in that game to 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 get a win there. You know, there's been against Dortmund, you know, we shouldn't, even if we shouldn't have necessarily won, we certainly shouldn't have lost that game. So it's just one of those frustrating things. But, you know, going into that, going up, leaving that Dortmund game, I was fairly positive because I firmly believe that Chelsea is still in the tie. I firmly have confidence or had confidence but Chelsea could uh, could turn that deficit around because I saw a lot to to like about that performance. The credit to just before we I guess move on credit to Koulibaly came in from the cold. Thought he was very solid in that game. Um, Chile starting instead of Cucurella, I thought was was solid. Not not spectacular, but but was solid. You know Enzo again fairly solid in midfield. Ruben maybe a bit struggled a tiny bit at points, but was still still all right. Um, Mudrik lively again. That kind of game suited him a bit more. Uh, Felix was was good, and you know, so I couldn't really call that Havertz okay. Maybe at times a bit a bit frustrating, but he's kind of the same. Well, in general, I was not. I was fairly happy with that, and that was probably one of the better performances we've seen in recent weeks. It was just unfortunate that we didn't get get the result we did. But I was genuinely, I came out of the game, I was just more genuinely baffled how we lost, and it was not, you know, and I couldn't really just. And all I could just put down to is just Chelsea not putting away their chances, and you know. You can't really put, put the over managers not on the pitch to score the goals. For players getting those positions, they've got to put them away. Hello, everyone. This is just a sort of post-recording, Nick, post-pod, Nick, or whatever. Before we move on to the Southampton game, it's just because I thought, I did mention it at the time, and I kind of realised after a while, I'm sort of listening back to this. Um, just a quick one. Obviously, after the game against Borussia Dortmund, uh, the kind of story that came out sort of opinion piece, etc., was about the absence of Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang and how Chelsea missed him. I think it was a piece by uh, Nizar Kinsella. And kind of just wanted to just quickly sort of address sort of that bit quickly on the whole Aubameyang situation. And my kind of just take on it briefly is, unless you were kind of mad at Aubameyang's original absence from a Champions League squad, um, I do not think you can really kind of use that as a as a thing to, to, to batter potter with. Um because I don't think any most the majority of people were particularly upset or annoyed that Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was left out of that original Chelsea squad. Um, he's let's be brutally honest, he's essentially been anonymous and done nothing of any note since October. So I don't think it was really any um, significant loss. Obviously, I know there are some people. There'll be some people listening to this because uh, I know from seeing tweets who who were, you know, shocked. Uh, uh, you know, didn't really get why Aubameyang was left out. In that case, completely fair enough to to have that. Viewpoint. It was just more kind of pointing out. But I think a lot of time and a lot of the time during this, we saw people holding sort of multiple conflicting stances at once, and then just you know choosing whichever one kind of suits what what they want to run with. Um, but just more of a quick one. But ultimately, I didn't really see any issue with uh, the, you know, a Bamiang. I don't really see that being any new story or whatever. It's you know he's not the Champions League squad. I don't think anyone complained. He's not in the plans. Um, you know, maybe sure, maybe he puts one of those chances away, but do Chelsea play as well in that game? If Pierre Mercabami is on the pitch, they played really well. It's just a tough one. As I said, uh, if anyone, you know, firmly believed he should be in the Champions League squad, you know, and was annoyed, sort of asked about them, fair enough. But if, you know, people weren't upset or annoyed that he wasn't in the Champions League squad, I don't think you can really then turn around and use that as a stick to 
to batter Potter with. But yeah, that was just a quick thought I wanted to add because it was kind of a bit topical after the Dortmund game. And obviously a lot of some time has passed since that Dortmund game. And in general, this Dortmund discussion probably a bit, you know, less than it than maybe we could or would have been had we recorded, you know, right after. But obviously, as I say, we do with the pod, uh, two games in one episode. But anyway, yeah, just a quick, quick little chime in there from uh, from me and hope you enjoy or enjoying the rest of the pod. And we're now going to talk about uh, talk about Southampton uh, in the, you know, in the past. This is future me talking about to Southampton surpassed me but yeah uh, anyway uh, enjoy so I left that feeling fairly positive and I was thinking right we've got bottom of the table Southampton next it is something to build on you know there was that good feeling but Jay all that good feeling pretty much dissipated in those first 45 minutes and then it just never ever came back our second loss to Southampton this season we're now responsible for a third of Southampton's Premier League points um, six of their 18 look that was really, really bad. And before we just kind of get into it, I will say on rotation, Thiago Silva getting rested, I have absolutely zero issue with because he has played so much football. He's 38 years old and we should be able to beat Southampton without Thiago Silva. And not not having to, not playing Thiago Silva yesterday is not why we lost. There is, so that's not it. As for not playing Reese James, like have you, we've seen Reese James go down so many times. You've got, got to be careful and got to rest him. I know there was eight days before the next game, but again, I had no issue with him resting Reese James. As for maybe changing some other things, yeah, fair enough. I think there's maybe, you know, should he have maybe, you know, benched Mudrick? I don't know. It's, I'm not saying I don't, I wouldn't actually agree with that. But anyway, Jay Fort, Southampton, that was pathetic, to put it mildly. There was nothing really positive to take away from that game. None at all, mate. None at all. Pathetic is the best way to put it. Like you said, it was literally like 45 minutes and all of the good work of West Ham, of Dortmund, just went away. Disappeared. Everything that the putter had been putting in place, everything that the players had been putting in place were lost. I don't think you can blame rotation because, like, you know, we've spent so much money on this bloody team. We've got good players. Southampton are 20th, you know what I mean? We should be able to rotate. That's, that should be a thing. You know, like, as Biliqueta should be able to deal with, you know, some players. And, and obviously, what happens at Asby was terrible towards the end of the game, and I hope he's okay. But, you know, at the start of the game, he was struggling, and, and it shouldn't be that way. It's it's crazy. Um, it, oh, it, made, it, was just, it was just so, so toothless. I feel like... The problem with Chelsea, and I feel like this has been a problem for a while, and this is what annoys me about Chelsea fans and saying, you know, if they think if we sack Parr, it's going to change instantly. But, like, this has been a problem for a fair few years, like the the kind of toothless nature of us, like the kind of no one to drag the game, you know, when we're doing poorly, no one there to just make things tick and, and, and drag things forward. We haven't got that kind of player. And, you know, obviously we spent a lot of money and we're hoping that maybe one of these new lads can become that player, but they're not going to be right away. So it's kind of harsh to put a lot of blame on them. But I don't think, like, it's kind of the opposite. I think with Dortmund, every player played well and, you know, you can't fault them for anything. Switch it around with this game. Every player didn't do what they were supposed to do and you can fault most of them. It was just a complete U-turn and it doesn't, really make any sense does it like I don't know how you can go from that to that by just rotating like three players four players something like that like 
it can't I don't know what happened between those 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 games that made such a difference. Um yeah, and it was just it just leaves another frustrating game, uh leaves us in tenth, still not being able to get any momentum to, to drag forwards um and leaves Potter in a sticky situation. It really does, doesn't it? Like, and not from my point of view, I don't think we should sack the guy. But like you see, the journalists are asking him these questions, the fans, you know, booing after the game, um, you know, like fans online saying their piece, like the pressure is mounting on that guy's head. And I, I actually feel bad for him. Uh, I shouldn't, but I do. And yeah, this is just, it just feels bad, doesn't it? It feels rotten at the moment. Yeah, look, in terms of rotation, that team we had out should still be capable of beating Southampton. I mean, Madueke and Felix from that attack started at, at West Ham and then it's Mountain for Mudrick and Fafana in, in for Kai. And OK, fair enough, Fafana is, is, is raw. Uh, I'll just quickly get just some thoughts on performances. I thought Badi Shile had a shaky start, pretty average first half. And I think maybe fair enough, second half was a bit better. Koulibaly, unfortunately, was a bit shaky again. And it's just kind of showing that the Premier League, he's sort of struggling with him there. And the um, Champions League is easier for him. As P struggled, um, obviously wish him a speedy recovery. That was a nasty, nasty, nasty hit he took. Um, we just just wished him well, chill well. I didn't really notice, so I can't really say he was good or bad. Just nothing really. Kovacic, nothing in midfield. I thought Enzo was average, not really great. Jao Felix tried stuff, but really pretty quiet. Madueke had one good moment where he ran and had forced to, and took a shot that uh, Bazunu saved, but nothing else. Mount Anonymous, again, kind of what I'm saying a lot. And Fafana, he was lively-ish. He's bright. He drove the ball a couple of times, but at no point did I view him as a, as a goal threat or think he was going to get us a goal. Um, I know people are going to be harsh on the sub, uh, be critical of the subs and go, there are players who should have been subbed off before Fafana, see blood likes of Mount Kovacic, Chesplaqueta. Again, I would kind of, you know, I wouldn't disagree with that. I would also say, though, I had absolutely zero issue with Fafana getting subbed off because I'd have had zero issue with pretty much any of them getting subbed off because none of them yeah. were outstanding or amazing in that. First half, like Fafana, like we've replaced Fafana with Sterling, which okay is an interesting one. But even, you know, the Sterling and Kai subs, they did more. They offered more of an attacking threat in that game than Fafana did in those 45 minutes. That's being brutally honest. You know, Kai set up a, a chance for Sterling, but Sterling hit straight offender and Sterling missed a couple of really good chances. Both of those off the bench did actually offer something. So I can't really fault Potter for taking Fafana off. I can maybe say Mount shouldn't have. Mount should have gone off before him, you know, Madawake, you know, but it's like, it's not, I did not see the Fafana sub like a lot of people did as, as that big a deal because I genuinely did not think there was any goal for him. He drove the ball twice, like quite nicely. He put himself about a bit, but at no point did I think he was going to get us a goal or think he'd get into goal threatening positions, which is his job as a striker. So I did Absolutely. not really have an issue with that. Um, Part of got it right. Part, like, no one's good. No, everyone's because we lost. Everyone's gonna be scared to say this. Potter got it right. He brought on two players in Sterling and Havertz who made a difference and should have scored. Again, it's not Potter's fault they didn't put the ball in the back of the net. Their goalkeeper had a great game. We've got to give it up to him. Um, but like Sterling and Havertz linked up really well, surprisingly, and did what they were supposed to do, impact subs, just because they didn't score. I think like Potter brought on the right people at the right time. I think he did. He brought off Fafana, who wasn't, like you say, wasn't a, a big of enough threat. And he brought off uh, Maduke, who wasn't doing enough. And then to brought two players on who completely changed the game at that time and really brought on a bit of a threat. But even they still couldn't score. So, it, it, again, it's one of them, like, how can we really blame Potter when none of the players know how to score? 
Like, look, uh, where's he for final show? Kaladu Kudabali is admittedly not a sub I would have prioritised first. But as I said, he brings on, Havertz comes on 64th a minute, along with Mikhailo Mudrik, and may replace Madueke amount. Look, I'd have probably just gone... Kai and Sturt, Kai and Raheem at halftime for mate for Fafana amount. That's probably what I would have would up what I would have done. I said Mace genuinely was just done awesome. There's a weird position where Pod is playing him centrally, which again was just bizarre with Fafana on the left wing in that first half. But in general, my point was I did not really have an issue with Fafana. Look, I'm not gonna defend Podder for that because even though the subs did have an impact, like there is I'm and you know, we did create a tiny bit more in the second half. I think a lot of that was some of that was <laughs> partly a bit of desperation and I genuinely can't like excuse or try and like go oh you know this you know the subs were good he he you know he brought them on because that first half performance was still utterly pathetic there was no threat going forward it was slophagic like I'm not gonna say I know people are gonna I know people who listen to this pod will know I've been a def- I guess a defender of Graham Potter, a lot of that defensive, because I think in general, some of the stuff that's been thrown at him is just downright unfair in terms of people actually criticizing his ability, you know, his tactics and whatnot. No issue of that at all. I've had no issue of that at all. Uh, you know, this, and I'm just trying to have a, just a, a conversation around it at points, but I think some of the stuff he's been attacked for in general has been unfair. And that's where some of the defense have come from. But I said, I'm not defending him after yesterday. There is no defense for him after yesterday. A lot of people have been not that happy, you know, even before today, results were like well we you know still not happy I'm sort of playing it down and at that point I kind of was like I disagreed with it because I thought there was some good stuff in that game I, I know you're frustrated about result but I'm not gonna I don't really agree with what you're saying but people who were angry frustrated after that game I completely agree because there was nothing redeeming about that game for me and there was nothing redeeming in what Graham Potter did you know those subs okay the subs came on and you know Sterling and and, and Kai were all right but that doesn't just because they those subs were doesn't kind of excuse him or or try and like oh, no. really absolve him of any blame. Like that was really that was really bad. And it's Southampton in twentieth. Like there's no way to sugarcoat it. Like we talk, you know, process or not, or project or not. So twentieth managerless Southampton in twentieth. There's no excuses. There's no, no excuses. Sure. They're no, not a good side. There is none. There is none. I don't. I don't mean to to put it that way. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to sort of cover your back because uh, no, I don't I want you it. getting cooked <laughs> by any listeners in the comments. Oh, Talk me all you like, it's fine. Uh, no, it's um, I, I understand. No, there's no excuses. I mean, I, with my video after the game, straight after the game, I had no words. I have no excuse for part of for this one. I, I just don't think the subs. I thought the subs did their job. I don't know. It's, yeah. There is there's still there's still like you say Southampton twentieth. You know, and most most managers that have come in and and you know what I heard a good point. I don't know where I heard it, but people still talk about Potter like. He's two months into his job, but he's like almost six months now, something like that, isn't it? Like he's had a lot of time, a lot of time to like get things right and beat teams like Southampton. Even though there's like a process and that, you need to be getting points on, you know, like against teams like Southampton, especially like the crisis that they're in. Like they've sacked their two two managers now. Um, you know what I mean? Like dwindling down in twentieth, really struggling this season. And we just go and hand them three points. It's ridiculous. I don't want to defend him in that way. Absolutely not. Um, I just, I guess, I just don't see. I understand the frustration, and I share the frustration absolutely. But I just don't see the point. It, what would be the point in sacking him right now? Right. So let's let's kind of just have a general conversation because I yeah. think it's kind of reached that point as I said Southampton was bad there was nothing redeeming about it it was just in general shite it's probably the lowest point under Graham Potter 
so far. Yeah. I mean, I'd be tempted to say that's rock bottom, but I think it can always get worse. I think that's reality. It can, <laughs> things can always get worse. I'm like so they, bad, can, it? <laughs> but they can, it, but it can because like yeah. it, it it can. Um, it, things can also get a lot better. But and look, just quickly, I know on this podcast before I've said that progress is not always linear. You know, there'll be some really good games where you play well, and then there'll be some really bad games. But I do not think Southampton, in 20th place, with all due respect, can really be one of those games where you go from being ridic- really good in midweek to being utterly shit. And especially, I do not think that you can just go like that and it just be deemed, mm. as I said, throughout my time in this, and we're getting onto it, Potter, my stance has been I've been apathetic to the guy. He's While he's here, he's got my support, like all Chelsea managers do. But mm. at any point, if he was to get sacked, it would not bother me because I've got no emotional attachment to the guy. Mm. My general reason for just you know supporting him is just because he is Chelsea manager I have seen you know there were some things in the last few games that I liked um and today there was or yesterday there was nothing but let's just get on to it with Graham Potter I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline reality is two wins in 15 people are not happy this season is been one of the least enjoyable and I think ultimately wherever people stand on this everyone just wants what's best for the football club as fans and people just have got different views and you know think different ways of how it will how it it can turn around for some they think it's Potter's had enough time it's time to go you know based on what they've seen on the pitch and they're not wrong for that view. They're not wrong because they, you know, there isn't, there is not much to suggest so far on the pitch that he is the man for Chelsea. There is not. They are not wrong. Equally, people who do not take to Twitter daily bemoaning him and how rubbish he is and how inept he is also are not wrong. People who want him to give be given a bit more time are not wrong. Mm. You know, there's no not wrong answer to this. Like, it just depends, like, I guess how much you listen to, to these various people and how much weight you hold on to, to these opinions. But there's no one right or wrong. And there's no point with this. Well, I would say there's no point trying to point score over this because if people are trying to point score, score over this situation about, like, I told you so, he, you know, he's not good enough. I, he, you know, he's just a manager from Brighton, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest. I'm going to kind of lose respect for what your kind of view on the matter is because this is not about point scoring. Like, mm. I, I w- if, if, if Chelsea sack Potter we get someone else in, things improve and it's like, and he's here for ages and it works, you know, that's brilliant. That's fine because I want what's best for the club. And I think that's what we've got to, in this in this time, we've got to just like lose sort of, I guess, some of the infighting and almost this online civil war, culture war, which is like the most one-sided culture war that I can remember since I've been, mm-hmm. you know, part of sort of the Chelsea sort of online community. Like it's essentially one side 
daily haranguing the bloke saying he's not good enough mm. and the opposition essentially are people who are not convinced he is the guy by the way none of them are convinced he is the guy they're just people who are not taking to twitter daily bemoaning him saying how inept he is and they're just essentially while he's here supporting him no one is convinced he is the guy i can assure you nobody is convinced grand Potter is the guy to lead chelsea to, to where we want to go no one is convinced of that it's just a frustrating one and i guess where i stand there is if chelsea were to get graham potter if chelsea were to get rid of graham potter fine no issue with it at all because as i said i've got no attachment to the bloke he's not shown much in the months that he's been here however it is crucial you then get the right bloke in place i'm I do, I know some of it is jokey, but I see people go Jose Mourinho part three, and I just want to like hold, grab a pillow and just like scream into it and like slowly <laughs> hug it and cradle it because you've just spent all this money on young players, and yeah. you're going here. You want to get Jose Mourinho to manage some of these young players, and it's not to say Jose can't manage some of these young players, but like he is never. You're asking him to essentially be something but he's never been and be a project manager. And then you're asking, and then if you go, well, we don't want to ask him to be a project manager. We're asking him to win it once. But Jose Mourinho has not done that for years. Jose yeah. Mourinho, is, like the idea of Jose Mourinho, it's not 2005 or 2015 anymore. And by the way, this is not defensive for keeping Potter. This is me just saying, if you get rid of Potter, you've got to get, you've got to get, make sure you get the right manager. And some of the shouts I kind of see, I just kind of laugh at. Mate, Jose, he's a bastard, Jose. He knows what he's doing. He goes, my Chelsea. He knows what he's doing. He's uh, got the yeah. fans on strings still. Despite yeah, going to Spurs and Man United, he has fans on strings. <laughs> he does, to be fair. And listen, like, you know, a part of you goes, oh, maybe, but it's just nostalgia. It is just nostalgia. No, I, I agree. And this is, I think, it's 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 interesting what you said there, mate. Like, if he goes, I, I don't care because I'm not emotionally invested. And you're, you know what, I, you're right. I'm the, I'm the exact same when Frank came in I was all in Frank could have had this form and I still would have said no let's not sack him because I was just all in on Frank too short I was so swept away so quickly by him and the the, the kind of aura that he gives off and Potter hasn't done that so he ha- if he hasn't done that for the fans maybe he hasn't done that for the players themselves do you know what I mean the players might not have just been fully committed themselves with how he and obviously we don't know what happens behind closed doors how he conducts himself um, and 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 you're right, but I think for me personally, there's nothing to su- that suggests that he is the guy for the job. But there's nothing for me outside of him that suggests that we need to just quickly make a change. Like something can't quickly change. People are throwing names like Zidane around. Zidane's not coming to Chelsea. Zidane's registered zero interest in managing the Premier League. Like yeah. he's he's happy at Real. <laughs> he maybe wants Juventus or he wants the France national team job. He's yeah. made zero effort to really like learn English, I believe, or to, yeah. you know, he's zero interest in the Premier League job. He has zero interest. I know people go, well, maybe Bowley can make a deal, but conv- can convince him. Oh, maybe. I but I don't like Zidane's not interested. Zidane is not like, interested. Money at him. I'm like, that's not the stop. Stop throwing money about. That's not the answer, please. Like, that's not going to work. Like, throw, throw loads of money yeah. at someone that doesn't want to be here. Yeah, that'll be the answer. And I look, what, what I will say is ultimately Sorry. getting a structure in place with technical directors and all that lot after you've got Graham Potter and his manager is a bit sort of backwards. Like you should be get those people in first before you get the manager, but it's kind of a moot point, right? That's already been, but what, what I say is crucial. And I say, if Graham Potter is to go, you have to make sure you have a succession plan in place before you get him. You don't just can him and just go, okay, yeah, we'll get some like interim for a few months while we work out what we've got to do. No, you've got to have a plan in place for who you want and who that manager is. I don't know. I'm going to say a name here, but it's going to piss a lot of people off here. Mauricio yeah. Pochettino, I would not be against. 
I know people are going to go. I know people will say he won nothing at Spurs, and then at PSG (laughs) he was he was nothing special, right? I completely get that. But you've just spent a lot of money on this squad. A lot of these players are young players, and you need someone to coach and manage these young players. Someone like Poch would be great for that. I know people are not going to like that. I know on the pod last week I said Thomas Frank is a name I would consider, but again, that's Brentford. That's a similar style appointment to Potter. Like it's going to be risk to it. Manju, who I, you know, Manju, who I've liked for a while, Julian Nagelsmann at Bayern Munich. But again, we'll see what happens at, at Bayern Munich. That would be someone. But you're, I'm asking these names, and all these people I've got to say in common are kind of people who would like a projects, right? Which is why I think there's got to be a clear plan in place that if you want to get rid of Paul, which is also why I can't really like yesterday was bad. And if I said if he went, I would not complain, but I would also like I've got to know there's like a plan in place to mm. to actually replace him before I can even be like relatively okay with him going because. You go like sacking Graham Potter for Jose Mourinho. I cannot get behind. Like, yeah, cool. We might get a bit of a short term hit. Like, but what's that going to help us achieve this season? Not a lot. I mean, he wouldn't even come this season and be start next season probably if he were to go for it. But I just got to see like, and this isn't defensive Potter. This isn't like, but I'm just saying I've got to see like you've got to actually provide me with a replacement who suits what we want. You can't just give throw like a name like Jose. I've got to actually see a manager who will suit this squad and suit these players. Because you spend like a lot of money. People throw around the 600 million that we spent. You've got to then pick a manager that will suit these players and will yeah. want to work with these players. Like you just got to be careful. And I know like people love Jose. I don't know if people saw there's a clip because um, there's a John Obi Mikel interview that's sort of going around doing the rounds on Twitter recently. And he kind of met, told a story about Jose Mourinho in the dressing room making Mo Salah cry sort of at half time in a game of football. And I'm like, and this was Mo Salah when he was at young at Chelsea. And I'm not saying Mo, it would have turned out differently if Jose Mourinho had a different approach to Mo Salah, because we all watched Mo Salah at Chelsea. None of us thought he would be the world beater for years. But like he took that approach and like you've got to see like that approach. If he took that approach with these, you know, similarish young players, I'm not sure what benefit that's going to do. And now I'm not saying he would do that for all of them. But it's just one of those things like you've got to it's not 2005, it's not 2015 anymore. Like we've got to actually think like if Potter's not the guy which fair enough we've got we having a conversation that Potter perhaps isn't the guy you've then got to find you've got to correctly identify someone who you think could be the guy and not just go for not just go off nostalgia or based off hits Jose Mourinho post 2015 has pretty much done nothing to show that he should be managing an elite football club like his That's biggest achievement in that right? time is winning the Europa League at Man United fair enough an achievement in the Carabao Cup in 2017 since then all, all there is to show for him is one Europa Conference League. Like, and I, maybe I'm naive, but should a, a club like Roma, who were like playing in the Europa League, I think the season before, not be winning the Europa Conference League? I don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> maybe that's not to dismiss the achievement because it's a European trophy and credit to him. And credit to him, I think the job in general he's done at Roma is, is fairly solid. But like, I can't get behind shouts of Jose Mourinho. Like, I can't oh, give man. me an actual name. I know other names been mentioned is Hansi Flick. Like, fair enough, he took Bayern Munich up another level for, from when he replaced Niko Kovac. But then I'm kind of like, which, fair enough, brilliant achievement. But I don't know, like, but before and after, sort of, what kind of, what is there? He struggled with the Germany national team off since then. Luis Enrique is another name I've been mentioned about. Brilliant before, but brilliant at Barcelona. Everything else is kind of a bit, yeah. Mm. Like, it's just one of those tough ones. I don't know people, which kind of, I guess, maybe goes against my poch, point for Poch, given that Tottenham didn't win anything in it. It's PS, Poch, PSG, but, like, I just... You know what I it guess... is, mate? You know what it is? Like, 
for and this is why people will kind of like almost blindly back putter because there's people out there just throwing names like this around without thinking about it and that's annoying isn't it it's annoying it's like you just sat there you know clinching your head like what are you on about like of course Jose Mourinho isn't the answer so like it makes you kind of double down a little bit and then at least that's what it does for me but I think the answer, it, it, this is a time machine and it's we should never have sacked Tuchel. That's the, probably the answer here, isn't it? Well, the time if you go back, the time machine is two things. You sack him before the season starts or you let him see the season out, realistically. Exactly. That's exactly probably that, the best situation. And if you let him see the season out, then you see Potter have a full season at Brighton, see how that season goes. Because I know a lot, because some people have said maybe the job came too soon for Potter. And this is what I kind of say to that, maybe, because it's some it's kind of like reminded them almost of Frank, a big job coming a bit too soon. Potter has obviously got more experience than than Frank in management. And then look, and maybe it is with Potter. This he's, you know, the situation he came into was not ideal. But you know, also what I would say is that these managers, you don't know how good they are or if they're worthy or capable of a big job till they get given a big job. Like all these managers, all these amazing managers started out somewhere with someone taking a chance on them. You know, this idea that Chelsea, like, can't take a chance on a manager to me is kind of a bit bizarre. We've taken a chance on Potter and so far it's it's really not, you know, done done much or or worked. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what we're really talking about at this point. But I just kind of like us <laughs> to just, just like, if as I said, if he goes, if he goes, he goes. Like as I said, it really doesn't bother me. I know people on this who listen will think I've, like, defended him a lot. Maybe they do. Fine. I probably I've defended some things he's done. I've defended because I've seen some like good bits under him. But in general, there's not like a, a strong defense. There's no strong thing towards Graham Potter. As I said, as I've repeated multiple times on this podcast over the last however long, if he went, I would not shed a tear. I would not. It would be a shame that it's not worked out for him because ultimately I think he's a nice guy. He's not a megalomaniac. He's just a nice, normal guy. Um, yeah. We're just normal men. <laughs> he's, he's just he's just like a nice he's just a nice guy who like I want it to work. He's not the most charismatic. No one's gonna like you know. There's no like ill feeling. There's no like negative like ill feeling or hatred towards him as a person. I like can never extend that far. It's just one of those things. Like as I said, but we are where we are, and there doesn't seem to be any sign of Chelsea sacking him. But it doesn't. So while he's in charge, he's got my support, and I really hope yeah. he can sort things out and turn it around because that means Chelsea Chelsea are doing well. And at the end of the day, we all want what's best for for Chelsea. So look, it's it's a it's a really sticky one with Potter's said there's no defending what we saw yesterday that after sort of you know steps forward against West Ham and Dortmund that was however tens for steps back against Southampton. That was really that was that was worse than some of the stuff we saw, you know, pre World Cup with uh, games against Arsenal and Newcastle. That was that was really, really, really bad. But yeah, I know we've we've kind of gone off on one on, on pot here. I just don't I don't know what the solution is, right? Like, so this is why maybe also it comes down to me defending Potter. I do not know or think there's a clear and obvious solution out there. Sacking him only gets goes so far. Cause I do not think there is much to be achieved. I do not think sacking him and bringing new manager helps Chelsea win the Champions League. I think we could still get past Dortmund with him, and we could get past Dortmund with a new manager potentially. But do I see Chelsea beating Man- Manchester City to the Champions League? No. Do I see Chelsea being Real Madrid to the Champions League, even though Real Madrid not having the most amazing season? No. Do I see Chelsea being a Bayern Munich to the Champions League this season? No. If PSG get through against Bayern, do I see Chelsea being them? No. Like Chelsea could maybe draw dependent, maybe get to a semi-final, but I just don't see 
what there is to achieve and what does an in like an interim or new manager do gets us what like seventh okay cool what does that like achieve champions league football is champions league football's gone <laughs> like i just i don't know i'm kind of people in agree i'm just kind of inclined to just ride it out to the end of the season like it, yeah. it can get worse but like okay we we could finish anywhere probably between i don't know 10th and 15th and yeah that would be really really shit and really really shocking but I don't care about where we finish if it's not top four, to be brutally honest with you. Like, cool, we win some games, we come seventh or eighth, amazing. We lose some games, we come 10th to 15th, like, whatever. Like, what big difference that makes. Mm. And then people maybe think people think that's kind of just defeatist and, and all that. But I'm just like... I'd rather goes, not the Conference League. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather, exactly. I'd just rather know European football at this point, just one game a week. Mm. So look, I don't know. People listening are going to be like, these guys have sort of lost their minds. Potter is... Like they've just like everything's faith and all that's gone. I just don't, I just don't know what to say. I'm, I'm just struggling. I didn't even ask for listener questions this week. I was just like, I'll just try and keep it a bit shorter. Yeah, I don't that's know. It, I don't... That's, I think we all just feel a little bit. Lost. We're tired, right? We're, we're tired. tired. We're, we're lost. We want this season to end. There's no enjoyment, right? This is the thing. People like pe- people who are defending Potter, they don't get any enjoyment from it. No. It's just they think that's like it can't. They just think like it can work out and they want to see the club and potentially try a different approach to to what they've done before. And look, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. It's also all right for Bowley and Co to admit they made a mistake. Mm. You know, the optics won't look good in the fact that they wanted a project and they wanted, you know, someone to handle that project. And they've not necessarily given him loads and loads of time. But it is also okay to admit you made a mistake. That's not me leaning one way or the other. I'm just kind of just describing the, the sort of situation. But I yeah. just... They just acted too quickly, didn't they? They got in too quickly, had too ahead of themselves, and it's left us in a bit of a. Well, I've gone. I've like I can't really fault them for sacking Tuchel. It's just in hindsight, maybe at the time I couldn't really fault them for sacking Tuchel because he said the reasons were not results wise. They were thinking they did not think the relationship was going to work, and in you know one argument is why prolong that relationship. But maybe, maybe they should have just kept him, just get that stability off the field, and then move on. In the summer, depending on I don't know. I don't have answers. I'm not the one who has to manage fix this Chelsea, football club. Nick. I know. Fix I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> fix the football club. I'm just a. I'm just a normal man. We're just normal men. I don't know why I've got that clip in my head. I don't know why. But it's, it works, it's just yeah. Honestly, I just. I don't know. I said I'm just kind of apathetic to it all, which is kind of just a weird feeling. As I said to people yesterday, there's only one game since post Bernabeu. I genuinely think Chelsea have just left me broken. I just genuinely <laughs> think I haven't felt happiness since we were free to laugh at the Bernabeu for the first five minutes. I don't think I've felt Chelsea felt, felt, felt me happiness since. It's just been all like pain and apathy. I, you know, I went from watch, being, watching us be 10 minutes away from being round of the Bernabeu to a month later watching Ross Barkley full snide in the, league, in the FA Cup final <laughs> to now watching whatever I'm watching now. Like, I don't know. Maybe it just broke me so much, but I'm just genuinely not that arse about I don't know. I don't know. I just, I can't get mad like some of you guys do. Fair play to you. I just choose not to because at the end of the day, I'm kind of powerless in the whole situation. And I just rather use my energy differently. I don't know if Potter's the guy. As I simply put, he's the Chelsea manager. Every every manager at Chelsea Football Club, bar Rafa Benitez for obvious reasons, I've supported as Chelsea manager because I want what's best for the club and I want them to to do well and I said while Potter's here I'm still going to support him while he's here I'm still going to try and pick out the positives that I see in the games and when there's negatives and nothing to, good to say we'll also say it I kind of like to think we've been fairly fair on 
Graham Potter's tenure at Chelsea so far, I know it's maybe not been as negative as people would like, but that's just because I viewed it differently to, you know, we viewed it differently to those people. You know, a lot of it, you know, I have a wide range of guests and in general, a lot of it is, you know, the conversation is kind of similar with with finding the positives and also the negatives. It's not downright a negative. I don't know what people want. But yeah, it's it's tough. I don't know where it's going to go with Graham Potter. I say Spurs next week is going to be brutal, potentially. That's that's that could get bad because Chelsea ten Chelsea have a great record at Spurs in recent years. Frank won there, Tuchel won there. Like we we've kind of just tended to to win there. And it's again it's another opportunity to get a statement. As I said, if Potter gets a win at Spurs, that probably gets him some some buying. Because I think ultimately yesterday, speaking to to mates who were there, that Potter lost a lot of the match going faithful yesterday. And I don't blame them because it's 20th place Hampton. Yeah, you know he lost a lot of people. I'm not saying he even necessarily had them to begin with, but he probably lost a lot of people yesterday. Now he's got his big challenge of of winning the fans back, and that's never, never easy. But yeah, we'll just we'll just see. Jay, it's a it's a tough one with Potter, isn't it? Yeah, mate, it's it's tough. It's like we like we said, we don't know the answer, um, and I don't think anyone does, and I don't even think Bowley does. Uh, we can just go game by game. Hope things get a little bit better and just ride this season out. I think this season, unfortunately, because it's only bloody February, feels like it's over, doesn't it? And yeah, it's it's tough, mate. It is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We don't have solutions, you know. And so in the meantime, as I said, I completely, and I've acknowledged it from the start, I've completely acknowledged people's concerns with him, completely get why people feel that way. I've not, I've not entirely agreed. As I said earlier, I think some of the criticism or playing down of some bits of performances after games you know, in recent games prior to Hampton was a bit harsh and a bit, you know, maybe in some points agenda driven at some points. But in general, I genuinely could not bolt or hold anything against the people who were sort of angry yesterday or, you know, genuinely who'd been just negative relents because it was really, really bad yesterday. And there's just no other way of, of putting it. It's really bad. 20th place Hampton, as I say, it's the lowest point under the Potter regime so far. You know, Nottingham Forest, I thought the Nottingham Forest one all game was was bad for, for some reasons, but this was, this is just... 10 times worse and and yeah I don't know where it's going to go as I said if he goes he goes I know I'm just repeating myself at this point if he goes he goes okay cool whatever I'm not fussed he's been here I've just done my duties I've just done my job as a as a supporter in supporting him while he's been here no big deal you know I criticized him defended him like whatever it is what it is if he goes and if he stays I just hope he turns it around because I want the best for the football club and I just hope that he can do it I don't know if he's a man there's not much to suggest he is but while he's here, he's got my support. Not going to call for his head. I've never called for a manager's head. I just don't, you know, I'm not saying I don't agree with it because people say people in touch with opinions, but I'm just never going to, I said last week, I'm never going to be manager out. I just don't, I'm just not a fan of sort of that, that language that's, that's used. I said it, you know, AFTV and Vavengar kind of just sensationalised it a little bit and kind of made it a bit too normal for my liking. Like, while he's here, I'm going to support him. So I'm not going to call for his head while he's managing us. Like, I'm just going to, criticize criticize and support that's what i'm gonna do um jay probably a lot shorter episode today which is actually quite nice but i feel we've probably reached sort of the ending point it feels um this episode don't think you know i think we're just in danger of just driving ourselves crazy just going over (laughs) circles you know say dortmund there was there was some nice stuff Southampton, there was nothing and that's just unfortunate the way it is um any final thoughts before I, i get yourself to to give yourself one last plug Nah, so yeah, I think we've I think we've said it all, haven't we, mate? We've we've kind of gone through emotions today. I think most Chelsea fans will be doing the same. 
uh, today, just trying to figure out what happened yesterday and trying to figure out what's what's happening going forward. But none of us truly know the answers at this moment in time. And I think that's probably where the frustration comes from. We want to know the answers, but we just don't. But no, it's been it's been nice to kind of be therapeutic though, mate, to just get it out and talk about it. So I've enjoyed that in that sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how coherent some of this was, and I apologies, <laughs> apologize if the last bit just felt fairly repetitive. I just don't kind of know what to like say at this point. Like I, you know, I just don't know what to to really say to to say. I've kind of probably said a lot of it over recent weeks, and I'd just be in danger of kind of repeating myself. And my general stance is not my general stance has not changed over over one game of football that we lost to Southampton and said, Well, he's here, he's got my support to his Chelsea manager and if he was to go at any time it would not bother me he's not you know I don't think he could really complain if he got sacked either because he's not shown much on the pitch to suggest he is the guy but we'll leave it there this week of that chess podcast Jay before you go give yourself one last plug where people can find you and all your work thank you again for having me on mate it's been a pleasure as always uh yeah Jay Tomlin's football channel on YouTube I talk all things Chelsea kind of do a lot of previews and match reactions and I'm trying to do also a bit of different content on there like uh, tier lists and that sort of stuff I've got a few ideas cooking up in the brain so yeah check that channel out check retro football kits out as well uh, and yeah that's it from me yeah nice one nice one as I said Jay's links will be in the description below as for us we're on Twitter about Chelsea pod Instagram about Chelsea pod as I said normally I do ask for a list of questions just chose to not this week because I just guess I wanted to keep it short if you've been listening for a while, you know that re- a lot of re-episodes this season have been actually quite long, and I just wanted to kind of cut down a bit. But anyway, we're on Twitter and Instagram about ChessPod, or usual podcast prep providers, Apple, Spotify, etc. Just search that Chelsea Podcast if you're not already. As always, a rating and a review is nice. Um, it's always appreciated. Um, as I said, even if you don't necessarily entirely agree, just let us know if you enjoy the show in general. Um, yeah. Don't, don't really know what else to say. See you at the next episode against Spurs, which is, I don't know, uh, fucking hell, I'm not looking forward to that one. Anyway, until the next episode, everybody, keep a blue flag, fly an eye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.